whether or not that's actually true once you actually investigate it's probably more down to the club and the coach than than, than the style itself but like my mum very much thought that okay well if we if we put goes to boxing then he's just going to get better at punching people but if he like goes to karate maybe uh you know he'll you know he'll grow as a person right Welcome to Fitness Inside Out by Wild Training. I'm James Griffiths and today we have a new episode of Chat with the Coach. You can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts and most major platforms. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe and remember we add new content every Monday. Today on this episode of Chat with the Coach, I'm talking to Phil Else who is our martial arts expert and probably the nicest thing that I can say about Phil is he is the coach that I spent the most time being coached by. So we've been working together since around 2016 when he started teaching me BJJ, mixed martial arts and freestyle wrestling, which definitely became a a massive passion for me. And Phil got into training with uh, me using the wild training systems. And and very quickly, we knew there was a lot of synergy between us in in the way that we worked. So together, we we created the, the wild fight strength and conditioning system, which is specifically designed to get both amateur and pro fighters in the best kind of possible form for competitions. Now, I'm very grateful to say that Phil is a full-time part of the wild training team, helping us deliver incredible wildlife fitness classes and personal training and creating exciting new fitness systems for, for wild training customers to, to enjoy. So, so today, Phil, is, is all about you, man, your, your kind of story and how you got into, into martial arts and how you got into doing it as a job, running your own gym, and, uh, and yeah, where you are now, man. Oh, that was a... That was a hell of an intro there, buddy. <laughs> Try and live up to it, right? Um, yeah. So, well, like you say, uh, what was it when I first when I first came back from America? Like when we um, unexpectedly came back from Chicago, and uh, like Paul gave me a job over at Genesis, and um, like you were in. I think you were doing a one to one with Paul, and then um, like Paul being the the kind of guy that he is, so actually, I think Phil could probably do a better job. So actually, why don't you go and train with Phil? And we like trained together, didn't we? And um, we had like a pretty strong bromance vibe going on <laughs> right pretty much straight away um which is cool i think we, we just had very similar views on you know applied in different areas right you know i, I was doing martial arts and you were just trying to generally master your body right um but i think we had kind of similar views on 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 how those processes should should work and we we're both quite open-minded and there was just like you say a lot of synergy um in how you like to build people up you know you have your pyramid you know you 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 work all the way up you never compromise on that and um i do a similar thing i spend so much of my time like wanting to teach people the cool flying arm bars and (laughs) rolls and stuff but like really you can't even put your pelvis in the right place so there's no way you'd be able to do that without dying (laughs) Uh, um i mean it was just kind of like a natural natural symmetry there so yeah well basically um yeah, thank you for having me. Thank, uh, thank you for letting me join the, the the cool kids at Wild as well. I think there is like a very strong, what is it like chaotic, chaotic sports, right? That's really what it comes down to. Like yeah. Wild is great for prepping for any kind of chaotic sports and MMA and wrestling and all that jazz is basically about as chaotic as you can possibly get um, until they let you use swords. When they let you <laughs> use swords, it's amazing, man. But, uh, but even then, you're already using the clubs, right? So we're yeah. already using the clubs. So we're well, we're well ahead of the curve. <laughs> anyway, I've basically forgotten what the original question was. Now. No worries, man. Well, like, so yeah, I mean, it's literally back to the start. And it's just, I think 
you know, these, these chat with the coach uh, episodes. It's really nice to hear how how did you start doing martial arts? Because like, I guess martial arts has been around for a long time. It's it's obviously a, a really established pastime, hobby, sport, you know, way for people to be fit, you know, and, and, and you know, have a, an engaging way, an exciting way uh, of maintaining their health and their fitness. But yeah, I mean, how did you how did you start with martial arts? Because I know you know you you've got such a an amazing spectrum of like martial arts under your belt in terms of experience, right? So yeah, you've you've been a professional MMA fighter. You know, you've done you know your kickboxing through through your black belts. You've you've obviously done a lot of Brazilian jiu jitsu. You've trained under some amazing coaches. But like, how how did you get there? How did how did it start for you? You know. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well, it's like. If you take any origin story for like martial artists, it's like I was just really, really super greedy and just tried to be like the biggest possible cliche that you, you can imagine. Like, great, if I'm trying to make us sound cooler, yeah, I come from quite a high testosterone family, I think. Right? Um, but that's just another way of saying that like we're, we're too energetic and um, you know we we don't do well if we're if we're if we're not allowed to like exercise and work out and and you know we could. Yeah, getting that cliche, a bit of a rough place, getting into some trouble. Um, you know, it was suggested that maybe uh, like martial arts would be a good outlet for that. You know, it would allow me to, um, to 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 exercise and get that energy out in kind of a positive way. I think my dad, who um, quite a hard man, with you know, uh, he he liked boxing. He boxed in the army and stuff. And uh, you know, I think he was very keen to get me boxing. My mum was, you know, as cool as my dad was, possibly there were some character traits that my mum would have preferred that I didn't inherit. So he was, she was trying to maybe move me a little bit away from, from maybe what she saw as like a bit more of like a thuggish kind of environment um, towards like martial arts. So like if, you don't, if you don't really know the sports and if you don't really know martial arts, I guess like possibly like karate and styles like that come with a bit more of a like a zen philosophical leaning um whether or not that's actually true, once you actually investigate, it's probably more down to the club and the coach than than, than the style itself. But like my mum very much thought that, okay, well, if we if we goes to boxing, then he's just going to get better at punching people. But if he like goes to karate, maybe uh, you know he'll you know he'll grow as a person, right? Um, so I think there was um, that was pretty much how I started it. You know, kind of like say energetic, aggressive, aggressive area. Um, self defense wanted a place where I could fight because fighting's fun right um and just yeah it was just cool and i, I did my first karate lesson and basically you know they try and tell you that love at first and you know, love at first sight isn't real james they're lying <laughs> it absolutely is never experienced it with a woman but i definitely experienced <laughs> it with martial arts um you know so like my first lesson i, I was hooked man i was i was in love and I, I, I then like subsequently went on and did things like boxing like every martial art pretty much that you can imagine i've I've played with. I'm certainly not high level in every martial art at all, but um, I've definitely um, had some play dates with pretty much any style you could could imagine. Yeah, um, yeah. And you, I mean, I know you, you you've played around with like some some like kung fu systems as well, you know. And that's what I say. Like whenever I talk to you or talk about you, like I, I always say to people, you know, in, in my head, you you did martial arts the kind of way that I did fitness. So so we learned like 
as much as we could about as many things as we could. And then we kind of almost like relearned it. You know, we learned it in our own language that kind of maybe, maybe to us made more sense to, to, you know, the practical implementation of those skills, the practical coaching of those skills. And so that's why, you know, when I, when I learn, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu from you, I'm learning stuff that I, I, I wasn't getting from the classes. And then you're like, like you're talking about this differently, man. And then, and then you go and do it and you're like, Oh my God that's like so effective, you know, and you, you, you start to create a, a really, I guess, interesting, you know, uh, kind of philosophy and, and, and process around learning the skills and, in, in, you know, a relevant skills, you know, kind of triangle. And, um, and yeah, you know, you, you, you practically see it on the mats and, and, you know, hopefully that's, that's kind of, you know, what you experience with the wild training systems as well. You know, you're looking at, you know, systems that people maybe dismiss, because they look gimmicky or they look they look like some you know flashy weird activity that you see on tv and then actually when you break it down you just go no 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 this is like i'm going to teach you how to throw an atlas stone because it's going to make your suplexes outrageous do you know what i mean and and things like that so trying to break down break down i suppose the components of the skills and trying to give them to people in a more valuable way for sure but i think you know what you're saying about obviously you know like every parent has i guess reservations about their kids fighting right and there's always that misconception between between you know i guess i guess what fight sport you know and and going to these clubs whether it's like you said like maybe more western styles of fighting like you know your boxing gym doesn't necessarily have the same the same i guess style of 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 discipline as say a karate school. And I know, I know you, you know, you've got some really interesting, um, you know, ideas around, around how they're very similar in very different ways. And like you were talking about it being like extrinsic and intrinsic, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so and, and like you, you touched on all kinds of really interesting, uh, things there just, just, just while you were talking, but yeah, um, like to directly answer the question, I think that, um, you know, Western versus Eastern martial arts, they've got more in similar than, uh, sorry, more in common than they, than they have that's different in a lot of ways. Um, but like the cultural aspects, I think like Western martial arts, they're a little bit more intrinsic uh, discipline. And what I mean by that is like, you know, I choose to go to the boxing class. I choose to go to wrestling. Like and if I choose to go to wrestling, I'm going to do what I'm told, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I go to a wrestling class, and uh you know the coach tells me to do something i've got to do it um and you know, so they do have that like outside you know the, the authority figure is is there but you would never bow to a wrestling coach you would never bow to a boxing coach um and the boxing coach's job or the wrestling coach the western coach's job is to motivate you um as well as obviously teach you the techniques and you know there's obviously a very you know yourself you you when you're a coach you know, you're, you're a technical instructor, you know, and there are loads of instructors out there, but an instructor and a coach is very different. So you're, you're, you're a technical instructor for sure. Um, and you're also uh, like a psychiatrist, right? And, yes. you're, and you're, you, you do have to motivate them um, and you do have to uh, you know, weirdly become like their priest as well because they confess all kinds of weird stuff to you. Uh, but but that's all from the basis of, well, you chose to be here. Like you contacted me. I've got all these guys that want my attention. You know, all these guys that are super motivated and want me to coach them. They want what I've got. They want me to help transform their lives. Okay, 
what's special about you or what's special about you can be how much effort you put into it, right? Um, and for me, that that would be my observation on kind of more of a Western Coast dynamic. Mm. Whereas, like, um, and again, this is this is such a, a a broad statement that it's almost useless. But certainly, like in how it's perceived, like you, you go to like a karate class, there's there's a lot of ritual, right? There's a lot of external ritual. Uh, you know, and you, you bow, and you have to line up in the right order. In certain Brazilian jiu-jitsu schools, even like, or you don't ask a higher grade to roll. Do you know what I mean? You know, you don't you don't ask a higher grade to roll. That's you know, that's that's that's, that's sacrilege. You know, <laughs> uh, there's all these um, like external markers that that can lead to a great deal of inner strength for sure. Mm. Um, and I'm not really saying that one is better than the other, but like to me, that's a very extrinsic yeah. kind of force discipline. Is it really? It, I guess it maybe depends on like what your personality is and what your own issues of discipline are. Okay, yeah. you know, so there's you, you, oh, this guy's undisciplined. It's like, well, what does that what does that even mean? I mean, he's he's undisciplined because he doesn't like being told what to do, or he's undisciplined because he's incapable of fixing a target or a goal in his mind and working consistently towards it. You know, it's, it, I think it depends on like what, what, what kind of a guy you are. Now for me, um, I, I love karate. I, I love Taekwondo. I love Kung Fu and all that stuff, but I loved it because I already had like that. I, I don't, I don't really feel like I got discipline from, from the lining up or the, I don't feel like the ritual gave me personally any discipline. Um, yeah. And if anything, like my default is I don't really like being told what to do. Uh, but um, I can see how that would be very useful for for some people. But what I found very useful for me was more like the Western approach, like the um, you know the, the boxing coaches and the uh, like the the wrestling and and yeah. To be fair, actually, where where the lines blur because again, it does come down more to the coach. Like my my first proper mentor, a guy called Ross Whitby, who still runs the martial arts school, right? Um, in Reading and early and working, you know, we we did loads of traditional training, but he was still quite progressive in in a, in a lot of different ways. He actually encouraged me to go into like the MMA and and did his best to facilitate that. And he was the one that taught me how I could actually turn it into a business. So I was very mm. fortunate that I, I started my kung fu with him. Yeah. Um, and I did my Thai boxing uh, and kickboxing with him, and I got my first black belts and things like that with you know under Ross, and I, I value that very highly. He um, but he he was we'd bow and stuff like that but it, you know he, he managed to get kind of the best of both worlds because you know I, I was internally driven I was the one that was always if anything I was kind of like weirdly stalking him <laughs> like question after question after question um, you know but he you know he, he handled it well and um, you know it, it was like you you turn up and you work and yeah you have to bow like that but like however much um effort you put in he would put that effort back into you and like for, for me in in the stage of life that i was in what was really useful was i, I would go out and I would, I would drink and stuff like that but I, I would never really get into drugs or 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 any anything too naughty basically you know um you know, so stuff I could eventually admit to my mum, but would never admit to doing to my children, right? You know, so yeah, I, I went out and I got drunk and I, I did this, that, and the other thing, but I would never do anything too stupid because I was always really worried about like going back into class and like letting down or letting any of the other the men down. Like as a young man, um, like 15, 16, 14, 16, 
you know, all I wanted was to be like respected by these older guys mm. and seen as like a man to the, these older guys. So, like my whole world became about trying to become like, the best martial artist I could, but also like, well, would, would, would the lads would be really disappointed in me if I if I did this? Do you know what I mean? Would, you know, where I was uh, living, there were all kinds of opportunities to get up to quite naughty things. I just never really got into that because I had that focus and I had those role models and I had those um, you know, role models that actually took a real interest in me and gave me, you know, they were mentors, right? They gave me opportunities to, to work. You know, Ross helped me get, I think he may have even paid for my first, for my SIA badge actually. Um, so I could work security and stuff in addition to doing martial arts and things like that. So there's a, I guess really, it's my really long winded way of saying that I think a mentor relationship and a coaching system where there's the opportunity to have mentors is probably the most valuable. But my mum wanted nice, neat lines and all those external markers. So, okay, well, Bill can join the line and shout at the same time as everyone else. So I guess he must be disciplined. Right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, I think that's, that's a really, you know, it's a nice it's a nice way of talking about it because I guess, you know, what you're saying in terms of, you know, that, that intrinsic style of, of kind of discipline for you worked really well, you know, and, and I guess from, from a, a parent's or guardian's point of view, it's just not visible, you know, and, and so just because, you know, you don't have those external, you know, I, I guess forms of discipline like the lining up, the shouting and, and the, the traditions, the bowing, it doesn't mean that it's not there and, and it's still incredibly powerful, but I guess that's where, where a little bit of, 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 I guess, insight or just, uh, a bit of time spent understanding, you know, the, the person, whether, whether it's a child or whether you're looking at this from, uh, you know, an adult point of view, it's like, you know, they're not, they're not better than each other, you know, whether it is the, the more traditional forms of, 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 you know, fight coaching or, or more Western styles where it's more relaxed, you know, you know, from the outside, that's, that's how it might look. But it's like, who's, who's the, who's the kid, you know, who's the, the athlete or whatever, you know, what type of person are they, what are they going to kind of work with? And, and, you know, I guess the, the easiest way to know that if you don't know it is trying both. Right. But I think, I think more than that is, is find, find a good coach, find a good mentor, find somebody that's going to, you know, work as a, a positive aspirational role model. Right. And, and, you know, like any, any, you know, industry, sport, you're going to get incredible coaches and you're going to get guys that maybe, maybe aren't interested, you know? And so that's where, you know, we've mm. talked about this before is one of the challenges, one of the challenges with our roles as a coach is, is you've always got to have the most energy in the room. You know, people are there to feed off of you. They want to, they want to be energized by you to you know push their bodies and to learn new skills and to keep going when it gets tough you know and challenging or they they are faced with a challenge that that doesn't necessarily you know uh come 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 their way easily you know sometimes people really have to work you know to get through you know whatever it might be like a you know a martial arts grade you know i'm, I'm stuck on you know you know my orange belt or whatever you know or I'm, I'm really struggling with developing this element of my flexibility or or my my lifting or whatever it may be and that's where i guess a, you know a good coach because a good coach is going to find a way to motivate that person to maintain you know like you said the discipline to hit the levels of performance that, that they want, you know, and it's not necessarily about maxing out potential all the time. Not everybody wants to be a professional athlete. And that's not what, you know, I guess a good coach 
is always trying to do. A good coach is just trying to make sure that, you know, that person, that individual is going to get the most from, from their coaching and, and yeah, have the most fun, you know, with, with their time essentially. So uh, yeah, rock and roll. But, um, but yeah, really interesting stuff, man. I think, you know, what we've talked about in terms of, um, uh, you know, understanding the, the difference in, uh, you know, fighting and violence and I, I i always remember that um that first shock and all tournament that you and you and i went down to so this is when you know i was helping you with some of the amateur athletes conditioning and uh you know we were talking to them uh about you know this tournament where where obviously it was a pretty professional setup you know uh you know it was, uh, the guys that organized that did an incredible show i remember going down there i can't remember it was one of the, the owners of one of the more you know kind of um you know credible gyms uh, established kind of uh, you know fight fight camps and they the guy had a t-shirt that said i love fighting but hate violence and it was just like yeah man and and i guess it's one of those i suppose points of view that you can only get once you've done it you know so you know potentially for example your mum hasn't been into like a boxing gym hasn't seen the inside of that intrinsic style of discipline that respect that is is almost kind of yeah, just built into that culture and how positive and beneficial it is for young men you know and then it's it's so well established that idea of of fighting you know and, and fight sport being such a positive thing for especially young men that like you said you know when you started have a lot of energy you know and they're like testosterone fueled i remember like uh like start my career i was working at champions and at the time frank bruno was there and the guy was a legend he's the nicest guy you've ever met and obviously he's had you know an amazing story i read his book and it's it's amazing nobody's made a movie out of it but he was the same you know he was from you know uh a, a, a challenging kind of you know area where a lot of people around him were getting in trouble and he said that you know without boxing he he would have had a very different life and and probably got in a lot of trouble you know and, and there's there's stories like that at both the professional level and the amateur level where fighting has really helped people of all forms really organize their their lives and you know find a really good kind of you know north north on a compass almost right so uh, i think that that almost misconception of what what we do in terms of you know fight training of all, all these different styles is is a funny one because at the same time i feel like that idea of it being a great you know i suppose outlet an outlet for for people to feel great about themselves and find that discipline is is obviously really well um you know established as well so uh so yeah so you've you've gone from obviously how you got into you know your martial arts and why it helped you so much and then and then i guess the the next one is is how did you start you know being a coach how did you make it part of your job and obviously i know you had a really successful gym that you owned and run yourself in uh, in reading yeah um and you know, i agree with with, with a lot of what you said there, that was it. Her, you know, I love fighting, hate violence. That's a cool one, man. I'm definitely going to have to try and get a t shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, you, but, but it's true. Yeah, it's a truism. Um, it's, it's axiomatic. You, you get all these people that talk about how um, like fighting makes you violent and video games make you violent and you know, what you watch on TV makes you violent. And, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe some of that stuff, I, I, you know, maybe like watching violent movies maybe i guess maybe i don't know i don't think so it's never really affected me in that way i just think it's 
I just think it's cool. It doesn't mean I want to go and do it to people. And you're know, speaking as somebody that was very angry. Like it's, you know, people never really, like all the people I know now, because I have to admit to like systematically cutting a lot of the, the, the worst influences out of my life. Um, all the people that know me now can't really relate to like who I would, who I was then, you know, they, they I'm, I'm a fairly easygoing guy. And when I tell people that I had some real anger issues in my teen years, it's, they, they don't really, they can't really imagine it. Um, but I've been obsessed with like punching people essentially for all that time. And I've gotten more chilled out as my life has gone on. I think, um, yeah, it's definitely not my kids that have made me more relaxed. I can tell you that for nothing. Uh, so I think it's the, uh, I think it must be the martial arts. And, you know, it was, uh, yeah, was it Jordan Peterson who said it? I can't remember it, but yeah, it's something along the lines of like, um, a harmless man, um, it, it, it isn't a good man. He's a useless man, right? You know, it's like a dangerous man that's very in control of himself can be a good man. You know, like a, yeah. I, I butchered that quote, so uh, I'll, I'll have to find it and like post it over, <laughs> whatever. Um, but like better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a battlefield and stuff like that. You know, and and I think yeah, sure, there are there are plenty of martial artists out there that um are idiots. You know, who's um, you know, misuse their, their their abilities or whatever for sure. Um, but I'm pretty sure they were probably lacking in character before they did martial arts. You know, I, I don't think there's anyone. You know, like I, 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 I'll open this challenge, right? You know, show me a guy that was lovely before he did martial arts that became an asshole after, right? Yeah. I'll definitely, and if you can somehow find it, you know, I'll immediately show you a hundred people that were less at the beginning of their martial art career and became more. Um, yeah. Well, it makes me, it makes me think of, of uh, the work we've done with the schools, you know, so we created the, the wild MMA program. So there was just a fitness system that kind of took legitimate mixed martial arts skills and a kick shield so that people could get a great cardio workout and, uh, and yeah, learn some kind of cool skills and, and get some of that, that energy out. And uh, it was one of the local secondary schools that had, they had about 10 kids that were on that exclusion line. They were, they were kind of, you know, gang culture kind of issues. They're walking around at lunchtime, starting fights and it was, it was bad, you know, and they were going to get kicked out of school. And they said, right, let's go kind of full coach Carter on them, make them sign an agreement where they, they would basically train with me a couple of times a week at the gym. So I got to come out of the school, have this, you know, uh, you know, a different environment, you know, uh, where they had to maybe, you know, behave a little bit more appropriately to, to benefit the training. And they, they really loved the, the mixed martial arts fitness training that we did with them. And the school had this amazing, uh, almost like forensic points scoring system based on their behavior, their actions, their activities in the school. And from signing the contract, their behavior improved. Two weeks later, we started the training. And, you know, th these were, you know, challenging kids. But at the same time, I don't know, I've, I've, I, I taught, you know, less engaged well-behaved kids at you know grammar schools and it was it was really like these kids just wanted to have something energetic something engaging to get their minds working right and to, to you know help them with their their energy their hormones and all that kind of stuff and and they were great you know and we we we, we helped some of these kids get way fitter that was, it was especially one one kid pops to mind he lost so much weight he did so well transformed his behavior the school in, even invested in kind of healthy food uh you know kind of snacks for them to have at school and it went so well 
the, the school ended up buying a, a kind of a license from us and we taught some of their teachers so that they could deliver those MMA fitness classes at school in lunchtimes. They ended up being so well attended that the school had to buy more kick shields to kind of have enough capacity, you know, to do it. So, so yeah, like you said, obviously, you know, there's, there's all kinds of different characters, you know, there's good people and there's bad people. But I think without doubt, you know, I'd put my name on it and say that I'm sure that getting involved in any form of sport, you know, and this is, this is across the board. This is why we love sport, you know, in the wild training systems. It's such a great way of testing your body, challenging your body and, and, and really understanding your abilities, you know, you know, like you said at the start, a more chaotic way. It's not, it's not a perfect discipline. Sport's never perfect. And that's why it's such a great, you know, outlet. And it's a great way to explore, you know, who you are physically. And, and obviously we know, that, that that has a lot of correlations to how you feel mentally and, and emotionally. You know, we can build this, you know, can-do attitude, this like resilient mindset and this, this you know, adaptable nature into people through exercise because that's, that's what exercise is, right? Give me a challenge. I'm going to beat it. Now give me a bigger challenge. It's like, oh, you've changed my routine now or something's happened that means I need to adapt to what I'm able to do. The, we're in lockdown. I can't get to the gym. That doesn't mean I'm not, I'm not going to be fitter by the time I come out of this. You know, I'm just going to change. I'm going to change how I'm going to approach it. So, uh, so there's all these amazing benefits. So I guess, I guess, you know, from both ends, right? You, you're focused on martial arts uh, and, and, you know, that's, that's obviously your, you know, your experience, your background, your journey and, and mind through fitness and, and, you know, that synergy of us working together has brought together some pretty cool systems. And I think, you know, one of the things I'm really excited about is, is wild Trinity, right? So you and me have talked about this and, and this is essentially three styles of martial arts class that we're going to be launching in the gym when it opens again, you know, after, after lockdown, but, uh, but online as well, where people are going to be able to do, you know, Shaolin strength, looking at old school Shaolin kind of forms to develop amazing strength. And, uh, and you know, a kickboxing skills program, looking at, you know, freestyle kickboxing and Muay Thai and MMA striking. And then the, the, the grappling technique sessions, which, you know, you're, you're teaching people incredible fundamentals of wrestling and, and you know, different grappling sports at home using, you know, stuff they've got at home, you know, who would have thought that, you know, wrestling your kitchen chair could teach you such amazing mechanics around, you know, stance and, and, you know, how to use your hips effectively for defensive kind of movements and offensive type movements. So yeah, it's, it's a game changer, man. But again, it's, you know, adapt or die, right. You know, all of a sudden you're a great coach, you've adapted to the situation and you've now got these amazing systems that we're going to be able to add into the wild training services. Yeah, mate. Uh, absolutely. So <laughs> it's actually it's very frustrating because like I spent like two decades of my life trying to teach people how to stand correctly, and mm. like day two of the lockdown, I was trying <laughs> to teach people how to do it online. It's like, okay, well, get this cushion, <laughs> put, put it between your legs, put your left foot next to but not on the top left hand uh, corner, and put your right foot next to but not on the bottom right-hand corner. And as long as the corners are always pointing at your legs, your stance is probably fine. So it's like it's like two decades of my life wasted. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you no, know? I it's, like, it's like the single thing that you know, has like, it's a simple thing. You know, anyone that can stand a decent stance can't really remember what it's like not to be able to do it. But you'd be amazed at uh, how hard it can be to get some people who've never done any kind of athletic sport um, to, to stand correctly in such a way. And it's like even the gradings, like every grading, it's like, oh, 
we've let you pass this time, you just scrape through, but just be aware, like next grading, if you don't turn your feet properly because your stance is so narrow, you're not gonna make it, right? Um it's a bloody cushion. It's a cushion. And things like the chair, it's like like coach chair and coach cushion have like taken like taken over my bedroom at the moment. You know, I've like broken down my bed, thrown it to the side, and now it's just full of yeah, I don't have furniture, I have training kit in my house now. So I think I'm gonna have to like go to like local charity stores and pick up as many cheap chairs as I can to set up in the gym because actually I think <laughs> yeah, there's just better ways of doing it that I hadn't really considered before. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like that's great, natural man. diet, right? You know, um, necessity is the mother of all invention. And uh, but like, like going back to it, I, I realized I just didn't actually answer your 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 question about like the gym and stuff. Um, it was it was awesome. It was, it was, it was great fun for me, but it's a reasonably simple line of progression, to be honest. So like I say, I was, I've had three mentors. Um, and just because of what we're talking about, I guess I'll just talk about my first one really, uh, which was like I say, Ross, um, you know, he was the one that kind of, uh, took me under his wing and, um, like taught me how to coach, helped kind of, cause I was always quite, God, I was very aggressive. I was never a bully. I mean, I'll say that to my credit. I was never a bully in the classes or anything like that. Um, so I, I'd always go quite hard. I think like my first nickname was Ten Percent. Yeah, filled Ten Percent out because I could, never, <sighs> I could never go light. Um, but that was never a bully. I'd always try and find like the hardest people in the gym. I just, I just really, really, really wanted to get as good as I could, as fast as I could. Um, <laughs> and you know, quite often I take beatings and I'd go away and learn from it and come back. Problem is, I didn't have like the maturity to see that like. Okay, well, this guy's only done two two sessions. Maybe having this nutcase that lives in the gym trying to decapitate them with a left hook. <laughs> so he he taught me um a lot. He really kind of realigned my thinking on that, and um, you know, helped me to realize that one, good coaches don't try and beat up their students, uh, and two, that you don't need to train that hard to get better. It's like one of those. It's, it's becoming more accepted, like in MMA circles now, that you should be doing ridiculously hard bloodbath sparring very often at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but like he kind of taught me that lesson reasonably early, which is cool. And yeah. like, just yeah, he he taught me how to teach. He coached me on becoming a coach, and uh, you know, a lot of my beliefs are still my beliefs have definitely evolved and definitely changed. And um, but you know, there's, there's an awful lot of foundation that he laid for me. So, uh, in terms of like opening my own gym, what it really came down to was uh. You know, like it was the well, it was the Wild West back then. You know, like I've got all kinds of, depending on how you want to define what a pro fight is, I've had way more pro fights than are actually like on my record because like I I didn't get paid for them or they were a show that was so bad that I can't convince Sherdog that it actually happened, even though I've got mm. pictures of it. Or you know, so it was pro in every way except that we weren't allowed a heel hook or whatever. You know, there's all kinds of things. Um, I can tell you all kinds of stories, but we'll save that for another day. Um, and like, I, I, I was competing, I was doing doing pretty well, and I kind of met my other mentors like Lee Remedios and Gaz Roriston. Um, but again, we'll kind of talk about them another time if you have me back. But we'll. Um, <laughs> but I really, what it came down to is I, I I knew what I wanted. I knew I wanted to to be an MMA fighter, a proper a proper one, a proper grown up MMA fighter, James. And yeah. uh, to do that, I needed. I needed people that that wanted to compete in that sport, and there was nowhere really around there. So, like Ross had been very supportive with me. Like, you know, I was teaching some MMA classes for him, but it was like our our self interest was diverging too much. It was like, okay, well, I'm just going to have to really focus on this. So, um, 
even though like I, I, I massively have internalized a lot of like kung fu concepts and body mechanics and stuff like that, <laughs> I didn't really have time to do form training anymore if I really wanted to make a go of of um, MMA. You know, so if you look at my MMA style and you know your different style, uh, styles, you'll you'll see like kung fu principles all over the place in terms of the body mm-hmm. mechanics. But I, I, I needed to if I only have X amount of time training, so well, I, I've got to always be doing something that's directly applicable to MMA. MMA is too complex. So as much fun as it is, I can't really be playing around with the stick. So I can't be, mm. I can't be doing like a screamer or a Kali, or I can't be wait, you know, wasting time doing form training or staff or chucks or anything like that. Yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, we kind of, well, basically I needed to train other people up to get to get regular access to sparring partners. So to do that, so well, you know what, I'm just going to make a gym. Um, yeah, my wife was incredibly supportive of that and, you know, helped organize it. And we've got a cage, we've got, we set up in a, a self-storage unit. Um, and it evolved over a period of time into a, a successful fight team. We only closed down because I left the country for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that, that's kind of how it happened. It was necessity. You know, I needed to be able to train full-time MMA. To be able to train full-time MMA, I needed guys that because there weren't guys in my area that were at a high enough level for me to train with regularly i had to create guys of that level and to create guys of that level i had to have a gym so that's basically yeah, how how that came about yeah it was, a, it was a massive you know learning curve for me as well it's it a, a real real privilege to you know train train with you and and, and kind of yeah, the best best i could do is kind of be a half decent sparring donkey for you building up to your your last pro fight in in, in october right and so that was yeah. that was an amazing experience, and we got to refine, you know, the wild fight, you know, strength and conditioning system, and you know, I, yeah, you just you became such a an unbelievable athlete at that time. But um, but look, man, I've, I've you know, it's been great talking to you, and obviously, nice yeah, as much training as we do, it's nice just to talk talk shop and talk the background with you, man, because there's some really really interesting insights into into where it all came from for sure, you know. But um, but yeah, thanks for your time. Well, thank you for having me, mate. Hopefully, uh, I've got all kinds of weird, wonderful stories that we haven't even. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man, there'll be there'll be more episodes, I'm sure. But all right, guys. So, so Phil Else is yeah, an incredible athlete, amazing, amazing coach, and just a, a very charismatic professional. So, hopefully, you guys enjoyed that. But uh, but thanks for listening to this episode of Chat with the Coach. This is Fitness Inside Out by Wild Training, and I'm James Griffiths. If you like the show, you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and most major platforms. Subscribe to hear a new episode every Monday. Next time on the show, I'm going to speak to L Weaver, and now L is our pole fitness instructor and so she's taught me everything i know to do with pole fitness and she's uh, she's got a real passion for bodyweight exercise as well so that should be a really interesting episode if you have any feedback a question or a topic you'd like to request for us to cover drop us a voice message as we always listen to all of them your question may even feature on next week's podcast